Family meeting after ten. Welcome to Family Meeting, a Peaky Blinders podcast. I'm Kelly Anakin. And I'm Tom Schneider. Holy fuck, man! <laughs> yeah. What even was that? So we just finished the finale. <laughs> Dude, I have not had such a visceral response to a television show mm-hmm. since uh, Anna got raped on Downton Abbey. Yeah. If you'll recall, I was inconsolable. I do recall that. This was different. Yeah. But like the same intensity. Yeah. Like I lost my marbles. <laughs> like You did a little bit. I completely lost my marbles. <laughs> it was beautiful. Yeah. I'm sorry that you all couldn't see <laughs> me losing my marbles. Uh, oh, no, man. I don't know why I've been fucking around with this whole Ada shit and the Charlotte <laughs> Riley shit. I'm fucking Killian in this, man. This it's is so... Ah, uh, it's like looking into the sun <laughs> reflected in a mirror. <laughs> this was a lot. This was a lot. This was a lot. This is this is huge. Everybody. Uh, no, this, and it, and I don't want to overstate it. Like it was not a perfect season, and it was not a perfect episode of television. Sure, I believe much of that can be boiled down to a single criticism. Yes, which is gross. <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah. And Her we'll pale, get incompetent shadow hangs over the season and a little Dublin. bit. God damn it. My singing made the men stop fight, stop the men fighting and made them cry. <laughs> oh, you were the worst spy. <laughs> it's just, I bet it made them cry. Honestly, I could have dealt with her as a character if everything else was the same, yet she was a competent spy. Yeah, that would have made a huge difference. It would have made an enormous difference. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, okay. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't in this episode, right. except in portrait form. Yeah. Boo. Boo. <laughs> you know how we feel about portraits of dead wives. We're a ginnum. We are a ginnum. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess let's just get yeah, into let's it. Yeah, let's and go. We'll have... Let's, some, let's take this journey. I, I hope we can have some really substantive conversations. The last episode was a little light. Yeah. Uh, you know, but... Yeah, uh, that's just how fucking life works. That, sometimes, man. Certainly. Sometimes the podcast is light. <laughs> that's true. Sometimes the bar eats you. <laughs> Indeed. As we start off, and we see Killian and the blinders uh, of all genders and ages. <laughs> well, there's babies. It's a multi generational blinding. <laughs> it's a baby blinder. <laughs> Uh, so they're walking along to some slow boogie rock. Slow ass boogie rock. Yeah. I think I figured out the problem with the subtitles. Uh-huh. They just hired a different person to do them. And like, you know, they weren't keeping a shared doc that was the style guide. Yeah. Well, they've been renewed for a fourth and fifth season. So A fourth and a fifth? And a fifth. I know they want to take it all the way up to <laughs> World War II. Yeah. And if they did that... <sighs> Yeah, and, well, we'll get to this more at the end, but, like, they seem to be ready to sustain it, so... I just... What I love about this show is how deliberate it is. It's almost as if Tommy Shelby himself (laughs) planned this show out, and it was like, this is just what we're doing. And everybody was like, Steve Knight! (laughs) And he was, like, just staring at them. (laughs) While Radiohead plays. (laughs) Ah! Oh! Shh. I, I'm sorry. I we'll know get I'm, to it. I know we'll I'm get blowing to it. out the game. Like, that's how excited. I haven't been this excited about TV in so long. Yeah. 
So, okay, they're all getting a Blinder family photo at the opening for the Grace Shelby Institute. Boo. Boo. Well, I mean, it's good for those kids. (laughs) It is good. It's the Grace Shelby Institute for the Uninsured Children of the Poor. Uh, So Polly gives a little speech welcoming everyone and then makes everyone clap for Killian. Uh, He approaches the podium as Arthur has been calling on him to make a speech. Incorrectly identified as John in the subtitles. Yeah. So uh, if you're the person who does the subtitles on Netflix or have any connection to that at all, because we just discovered we're the number one search result for Peaky Blinders podcast. That's right. Beating out Nerdist podcasts that are tagged Peaky Blinders. Mm -hmm. So... uh, Pretty dope. Yeah. We kind of, uh, we got a little swag. Yeah. Kind of a big deal. Listen, we swing a big dick in the Peaky Blinders podcasting <laughs> community. The only dick. <laughs> That's right. In fact. So, the biggest. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Also, there's another scene in which uh, I noticed, and I didn't mention it to you, the, a subtitle is tagged as Michael in a scene that Michael is nowhere near. Anyway. These fucking guys. We make the effort to tell them apart. Yeah, we're wrong sometimes. Yeah. But, you know. Finn is in this episode. Yeah, he is. Ugh. <laughs> anyway. So uh, Killian says that he did not come to make a speech, but he says that the children in their home will be safe and they will be cared for and they will not be sent off to the colonies, uh, nor will they be forced to work for men in, in their, their various, various ways. ways. Uh, it's some dark shit. Yeah. And I forgot that that was how people treated children. Yeah. And still do yep. in many places. That is true. Uh, so he's giving the speech, uh, and then he's like, yes, it will all be cared for and safe. And then Arthur chimes in saying, by order of the Peaky Blinders. Which I'd also like to say, after the last episode, I was like, I really regret <laughs> making that the sign-off for this podcast. Like, I feel so... Re- I'm not in a very Arthur state of mind anymore. Well, I'm Neither just- is Arthur. Yeah, that's true. You know, we've all grown and changed. <laughs> so yeah, nobody is happy about that. Especially the assorted dignitaries who were trying to pretend that this wasn't a crime lord's charity. <laughs> Life's so... <laughs> Life is fucking... What is it that Darren Nichols says? This is from Slings and Arrows, yeah. which if you guys haven't watched it... Oh my God, we I'm, should podcast that. We should, actually. Uh, I'm sure we've recommended it before. Yeah. Um, Darren Nichols, <laughs> the crazy avant-garde director who spends all of his free time in fucking Berlin, <laughs> just says... in. German. <laughs> Life is fucking insane, right? Uh, anyway. One, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll get to that in our Slings and Arrows podcast. I don't know. Outrageous Fortune. We'll think of something. Mm, that's no, that's too... Yeah, yeah. That, that doesn't work. I don't think it can be a Shakespeare title. No, you're right. What's the name of their theater there? Uh, is it The Swan? We I can't just remember call if that's the actual Stratford yeah. thing. You know, New Burbage. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Or Rachel not. McAdams. <laughs> In living color. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That's One Gay Ghost, a Slings and Arrows podcast. <laughs> Dar- uh, uh, DJ Real and Drennan Davis have a great song about gay ghosts, oh. which I don't think is available anywhere, which is too bad. Yeah. These are comedians who I know, uh, one's in San Francisco, one's in LA, but they have this whole song about these dudes that go into a haunted house with a gay ghost <laughs> that turns you gay. <laughs> and it is so funny. Okay. And not offensive at all. Yeah, that's good. Uh, anyway, Polly wraps it up by saying they will all now sing Immortal Invisible. Which sounds like an Evanescent song. Yeah. Or like a third tier Marvel character. 
maybe DC. I don't know. Yeah, like a vertigo thing. Yeah. yeah. No, Dark Horse. Yikes. Let's not flavor <laughs> the point. <laughs> Cut to Killian talking to a portrait of Grace. Boo. Boo. Which is also what those gay ghosts say. <laughs> <laughs> but more like, you know, flirty. <laughs> Uh, that priest comes over and tells Killian he's got an office all picked out in the Institute and he will take the children to St. Aloysius for confession. Uh, two things. Number one, holy... No, dude, you're yeah. a pedophile. Right. We learned that. We Number did. Number two, the name of my childhood parish was St. Aloysius. Oh, hmm. nice. I forget what he does. Yeah. He's like just some guy. Yeah. He was like a priest or something. Uh, holy, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, pious. Yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> Anyway, Killian is basically not engaging with this guy at all. Yeah. And so the like priest actually like gets in between Killian and the portrait in order to get his attention. And the portrait says, in Dublin, my portrait stopped the men fighting and made them cry. And then they burn it. <laughs> Christ. God, I have That's missed the sound Samuel the fire this makes. season. Like, I'm glad he, he's a bit of a narrative black hole. Yeah. But like. I just missed Look, making fun of that mustache I and know. that accent. And He's just off making his own wine, living <laughs> his best life on those fat Jurassic Park <laughs> residuals. Yeah. And we had our issues with him, but he was it wasn't like Grace. Yeah. Like he no. brought things yeah. to the role. Conflict. Yeah, for example. Being a decent spy. <laughs> like he wasn't great, but like at the end of the day, he died a competent spy. Yes. Uh, okay. The priest tells Killian to not deviate from any of the instructions for the robbery and the explosion. Yeah, in the next 24 hours. Yeah. And uh, then he leaves, passing Michael, and Michael looks hella upset. Well, because. I know, I know why, but like the priest, and like the priest notices him, but like doesn't. The priest is also ushering a row of children along. Yes. It's. Michael could have used a trigger warning. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Anyway, Michael tells Killian that the Lord Mayor would like him to come and eat cake. And then Michael leaves. Yeah. Uh, so it's in the reception and there's this kind of weird zoom on Paul. Yeah, I thought a person was walking toward her and yeah. then that was not the choice they made. I was like, go back <laughs> go back to film school. Learn something. <laughs> well. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, so I can't, really... I can't offer a substantive solution. <laughs> anyway, Ada comes over. Polly's worried because Ruben didn't come. And she's like, it must be the trains. Is there anybody else that didn't make it from London? And Ada's like, yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ada says that since she has a job now, she has to mingle with other people. And oh, just... shiftless old Ada mm-hmm. suddenly doing stuff. Well, she's the head of property and acquisitions. I guess I couldn't be Ada because I've never sat around not doing things for as long as she has. Yeah, you've maxed out at like a week. Yeah. Yeah. I would never get pregnant by somebody with extreme personal politics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Tommy's trying to hang out with Arthur and John and kind of talk about their criminal enterprises a bit. Yeah, and this is this was a hard scene to like yeah. explain what's going on because like the blinders are talking about this heist. Ada's explaining to people how great their shipping port is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some ladies that want Killing to take a picture with them fucking <laughs> statue they had done in bronze of grace's secret mm-hmm. yeah so insane yeah very insane uh but he keeps he's super charming with all the civilians oh my god and arthur is like i don't know how you fucking do it Tom. <laughs> and it's hilarious because we were somewhere last night we were at a show of mine mm-hmm. and some random lady came up and was like remember 
like blah 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 from like before. Yeah. And this is like three years ago. Yeah, it's gotta be. It was be. a really long time ago, but I remembered who she was mm-hmm. and we had a whole conversation and my friend just when she walked away, she's like, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's easy. Yeah. I don't know. It's not for everyone. Yeah. Uh unfortunately, during the course of the picture of this um, and this is very well staged because he has been kind of taking, holding Charlie and then passing him off to Ada back and forth. Uh, and then he's getting a picture taken with the horse. <laughs> I just can't believe we're even talking about this. I know. And so he hands the baby off again and then they take the picture and then nobody knows where the baby is. Now, okay, this is very important because it sets a lot of things in motion. Right. However, given how paranoid he's been, I feel like it's highly unlikely that he wouldn't have a member of his family. I mean, I, and it was clearly chaotic and nobody was right, really, but right. like, it was, it was a it combination seems like of, he would have safeguarded like that. Priest right. was just there, dude. I know. But what I mean, and, and I agree and it's a little bit shaky, but I think it's one, it was chaotic and a lot of things going on. And two, I think it was just that he is there in civilian mode and dealing with, you know, just batty old church ladies and yeah. all this sort of thing. And it just put him in a different frame of mind. Yeah. Batty old church ladies. <sighs> if they ever organize, <laughs> look out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Charlie is gone. And so Killian naturally flips out, uh, and he's running around everywhere. Everybody's running around. Ada says someone saw a nurse take him through the back door. Uh, and you know, they bunch of chaos for a bit and it's, it's too late. The mm-hmm. kid has been taken in a car and driven away. Uh, Killian throws up. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, I guess he really loves that baby. Yeah. Which I, I struggle with this because I don't believe there's something wrong with the way that his relationship with his son is portrayed Mm -hmm. and it's not his performance. His performance is 100% convincing. And I don't know if it's just that I never believed that he loved grace. I think that's what it is. But I I think think there is also like a cinematography issue. Like there's something or just it's so incongruous. Mm hmm with who he is in every other aspect of his life. Yeah. And it's not that that can't be true. Right. It's just that I don't buy it. Yeah, it just doesn't it just doesn't quite land the way everything else does yeah. and that's that's you know, that's just the that's case. That's a ding. Yeah. That knocks it down to an A minus if not a B plus. <laughs> it's kind of important. We'll see how you feel at the end. Um <laughs> So Arthur like takes Charlie or uh, Arthur grabs Killian by the the head and is like, "Okay, they Got they took Charlie in a car. They're driving south. Uh, we've we got Moss putting up roadblocks. You know we're gonna find him. You need to go sit by the phone. Uh, so Killian at the office is flipping out. He's convinced it's the the Russians, uh, and he like throws the phone against the wall, uh, thus breaking it, thus kind of uh, you know ruining their whole thing. Although then Paul is like, well, we've got another phone. So I was like, well, then who cares? They needed to fill a couple minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ada comes and says there's a priest outside. Oh, shit. Yeah. I wonder which priest. (laughs) (laughs) It's priest. Oh, hello. I'm just uh, in the neighborhood. (laughs) Um, The new associate pastor at uh, (laughs) St. Charles. (laughs) (laughs) So Killian gets into the car and the priest says that Charlie is safe. Killian is completely just repeating whatever you need. You have all the cards. Whatever you need me to do, I will do just the the whole time. And uh, so the priest says that, uh, oh, he borrowed this car from a member of the House of Lords and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Oh, look at me. I'm a British lord. (laughs) 
and they says they warned him not to deviate and that they know that he uh went behind their backs and made a deal with the soviets to not blow up the train so he says that now killian has to blow up the train himself because it's always been about the explosion oh man yeah uh, he gives him an envelope with documents to scatter in the wreckage that will connect the Soviet embassy to the explosion. Uh, and he says, oh, and some people will need to die in the explosion. And Killian says, how many? And he says, um, six. This is, this is, uh, there's so many great scenes in this episode. Mm-hmm. What's so great about this scene, and again, I should believe that he really loves his son. But mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's so affected. Yeah. He's not. He's not doing the Tommy Shelby thing mm-hmm. here. He's saying, literally tell me what to do. I will do it to the letter. Yeah. And I almost believed him. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's Peaky Blinders. They had still, you know, 50 minutes left. <laughs> right, sure. But it was just like, yeah. he was fucking chastened. Mm-hmm. Killian says that he wants his son returned to him within an hour of the explosion. And the priest is like, oh, now you're making conditions, eh? And he says that he knows that they are digging a tunnel uh, digging for jewels and uh, he says that they want the jewels that one of the odd fellows wants the Fabergé egg for his wife and they will be taking the rest of the jewels as well to compensate them because fighting communists isn't cheap should be communists don't have anything yeah. their whole fucking ethos yeah uh, and they want the jewels by dawn. Killian says that he won't be able to get the jewels by then because it was established earlier. Johnny Dog said that they had hit clay and weren't going to be able yeah, to Yeah, that was it. another one of the things they were yeah. talking about at the thingy do. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to take him a couple days to finish the tunnel. And the priest says that if he doesn't have the jewels by the time the clock at St. Andrews strikes 5 a.m., they will be tolling for his boy. Killian goes inside the Shelby Company limited offices Mm -hmm. and very like unemotionally Mm -hmm. demands to know who in the family blabbed about the deal and manages to offend literally everyone. Yeah. He accused Paul, Ada, John and Arthur are the Paul, Ada, John, Arthur. Yeah. It's just those four. Yeah. So he accuses uh, Linda Mm -hmm. of having sold them out. Which upsets Arthur. Yes. Uh, he accuses John of Esme's coked up ass mm-hmm. uh, having needed money for coke. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wonders why Ada has suddenly come back to the fold. Yeah. So he does all that. Ada comes up and she says, I came back for love and common sense, which mm-hmm. is what every budding communist eventually <laughs> says. Yeah. Um, I forget well, in and, what order, and, but John... John and, and also... Uh, just before that, John asks, what about all those clay kickers digging the tunnel? You're saying you trust them more than us? And he says, yes. As of an hour ago, yes. I think probably longer than an hour ago. Well, Like, he yeah. really identifies as a tunneler more than anything. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I really want a support group for him <laughs> and Danny the Tunnel King from yeah. The Great Escape. <laughs> oh, oh, they'd be so cute. Yeah. Um. Anyway, John says that if Killian brings Linda into this mess, they will have to have words when it's all done. Yeah, or Arthur says that. I, yeah. yeah, and I'm assuming he means I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Yeah. Which already happened to him once that year. <laughs> right. And we know what a beat down from Arthur can do to a person. Yes. Uh, Killian then goes up to Polly. <sighs> this is so bad. Yeah. He goes up to Polly and says, did you tell that painter that you've been fucking about all this. Mm -hmm. He came to you at the wedding. Well, because, and I think I'm remembering this correctly. 
the guy they wound up killing wasn't the correct, like he didn't have the right password. Yeah. Remember? So it's like there could have been a sleeper agent they didn't know about. And he says, why would a man like that uh, seek you out? Well, but he says like a man of his, an educated man of his status Mm -hmm. seek you out. Yeah. And Polly is like, you mean because of the kind of woman that I am? And Killian's like, yes. And Paul is fucking devastated. Yeah. It is quite possibly the meanest thing that anyone could say to her. Yeah. And he says, uh, he says, evens it's even odds. It's him. I've run the odds on everybody and there's another possibility, but evens it's him. I am just reeling at this point and we're barely even in it. Right. Like things have not even begun. Yeah. To do stuff. No, I know. And then it cuts to Paul in her room crying and drinking well but first well Polly tells Killian that she never told him anything oh, okay. and oh. Finn because Finn also comes <laughs> in and I'm like oh remember Finn <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's the Rickon of Peaky Blinders <laughs> yeah somebody also points out that um, Michael is new to this whole thing and why aren't we talking about him but he never mentioned the Fabergé egg to Michael yeah and that's what Killian says specifically yeah that those four in the room are the only ones he told about that yeah so Killian tells Finn to gas up the car and lay in a supply of cigarettes. And, uh, oh, and then that's when he insults Polly. Okay, right, anyway. Right. Yeah. So Polly says she never told Ruben anything before he insults her. But then he just goes ahead and sticks his thumb in the wound. Yeah. Uh, and I'm of two minds about it. I hate it when people are mean to Paul. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, she always fucking does this shit. Mm-hmm. And she lets everything get to her. Yeah. You know, at the exact moment when it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, anyway. Yeah. And, you know, he's looking for his son. This entire rickety house of cards that he's built is now threatening to come down around his ears. Yeah. Like, what is he supposed... He obviously is not in a position to be trusting anybody right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Paul cries and drinks and looks at her portrait and then attacks it with a knife. Polly, don't do that. It's a really nice portrait. It's pretty nice. And he probably didn't do anything. He probably didn't. God damn it. Yeah. Like, no, and she ne- she's so bad at controlling her emotions, specifically when it comes to Killian. Yeah. Because anything he says to her, she, like, takes his gospel truth. And I'm like, bitch, just count to 10. Yeah. Count backwards from 10. Wait for all the facts. Yeah. Don't lash out. Yeah. Because that was a nice ass painting. It was. A truck pulls into a dark alley and Killian walks towards it and out of the truck comes <gasps> Alfie Solomons. Woo! Yay! He's the anti-grace. Yes. <laughs> uh, Killian points out that he asked Solomons to come alone and unarmed because Solomons has this big fucking stick. Yeah. And he's brought his like, you know. Big fucking bodyguard. Yeah. Um and he says, "Oh, the kite is for my sciatica. Can't be helped, mate." Like, yeah. and he's just. But he says, "Oh, coming alone. I was never going to do that." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just ah, I love when they do business. It's so great. Yeah, yeah. Um. No, and it's amazing. And just this is the scene. No, no, no. Yeah. Le- this is no. Yeah. This is the scene. Yeah. That Deadspin was referring to, yeah. which we referred to in the previous episode. Right. Um. Anyway. He is there to deliver some information that Killian has requested. He's got, first of all, a list of people who he would approach 
about buying a Fabergé egg. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has another list of people who he would approach about buying a Fabergé egg if he knew or if they knew it was stolen. Mm-hmm. And finally, a list of people who he would approach about a Fabergé egg if it was their wife's obsession. Yeah. And he's making a bunch of jokes about, what a weird bunch of lists, mate. <laughs> Chippo question. Oh my God. <laughs> I fucking love him. I want a spinoff, man. <laughs> Call it the bread factory. <laughs> Done. Oh, I'm so there. <laughs> Killian looks at the lists, uh, considers said information, and then pulls a gun. Yeah. Uh, the bodyguard, very quick to respond. Also, you know, yeah. this is just standard. Right. This is just, right. hi, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> um, he tells Solomons that a name is missing and tells Solomons that he knows then that Solomons has done a deal with the uh, Odd Fellows and whoever Killian's enemy is is the man that Solomons left off of that list. Yeah. And Solomons <laughs> hilariously <laughs> explains why he sold Killian out, which is basically, oh, I went in that vault and God was saying, Alfie, <laughs> this is for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, no, because you yes. have that moment in your life where, like, you wind up somewhere and you're like, oh, yeah. there is a God. <laughs> yeah. This is for me. I'm like, supposed to have this. Yeah. He, he did it because he wanted those jewels. That was it. He loves jewels. Yeah. And I was thinking, and I didn't mention in the last episode, his character is such a terrific inversion and like, I don't know if I want to say rehabilitation of the sort of like Fagin, Shylock mm-hmm, trope, mm-hmm. which has been really weirdly persistent in Britain. Like, yeah, yeah. I read this article recently because I was looking into information about um, when Jonathan Price played Fagin okay. on the West End. This was a long time ago. This was in like the 90s, mm-hmm. like 94. It was either right before or right after uh he played the engineer in Miss Saigon okay. which was even more controversial <laughs> but it was a bunch of british actors including Timothy Spall mm. who apparently played Fagin at some point hmm. i think he played him maybe in a in a tv series anyway point being um it's this stereotype with really just deep claws in Britain mm-hmm. is the idea of this, you know, shady fence money lender guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is just such a brilliant inversion of that. Mm-hmm. He's a fully, I think he's a fully explored human being. He's not a main character. Right. As, as you know, but, and you, I mean, I think he's part only got of it so too, much time on Yeah. Screen. Part of it too. Like he's, he's a fully realized person like mm-hmm. him being Jewish is a huge part of his identity, obviously. Right. But, you know, he's doing what he's doing for the same reasons as Killian, and the show never questions that. Yeah, The show never questions his, like, nothing, he's not doing anything because he's fundamentally, like, evil. Right. Because he's Jewish. Right. You know what I mean? He's Jewish the same way that Killian is a gypsy. Like, it's a part of his background, but he's also mainly a criminal, you know, a crime lord. Yeah, but you better not say anything about it. Right. Um... No, and he's a crime lord because he's fucking good at it. Yeah. That's all. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I love this character so much. Yeah. I think, oh, I do love that horse bitch, though. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway. she's not in this episode. I know. Let's I move just on. can't stop talking about her. <laughs> she's so great. Okay, so Killian screams that Solomons has crossed the line and that the Oddfellows are using his son. 
Solomon's comes back yeah. and says he knew and he doesn't fucking care. Killian then somehow manages to get the bodyguard out of the way and is choking Solomon's. Mm-hmm. The bodyguard attacks him. Suddenly, yeah. Michael happens to be passing. And I think <laughs> that is what happened. Like he just, I don't no, know. No, no, no. Wait, says did Killian call for backup? In, the, in a later scene, Michael says he needed cover and I was the only one available. Okay, got yeah, it. Anyway. Yeah. Michael shoots the bodyguard in the head, which yes. is really impressive considering he just learned how to kill a man. Yeah, and they were like, it was a very, like, he could have easily hit Killian. I didn't know who had get, gotten hit, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, everyone is hilariously covered in blood. <laughs> um, Michael is telling Killian not to kill Solomons because if he does, the truce deal with everybody in London is off. Mm-hmm. Uh Solomon's then basically says it's already fucking off. Like, yeah, you know, he then I I can't. I, I there's so much good right, stuff in here. Right. I don't know if you remember any of the specifics, but like he's he's basically like, you know, fuck like don't shoot me because it was like oh don't you don't not shoot me because of keeping the peace, you know? Yeah. And it's like just getting into like this. Well, is he's what we like do. you act like there is a line and there is no line. Mm-hmm. How many innocents? Have you killed? Right. This is the job. Yeah. If you can't do the job on the terms of the job, then fuck you. Yeah. If you're going to kill me, kill me for an honorable reason, not like some fucking civilian. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so great. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. Glorious. Michael then, just in case, (laughs) is like, uh... Killing this guy is not going to help you do anything. Yeah. And it's just... Just watch it. Just watch it. And, like... Killian tells Michael to go call Moss and tell him it is uh, Palmer. Gilbert Palmer is the guy yeah. who could tell them where Charlie is. Yeah. And I forget exactly what he says to him, but he basically is like, uh, like, well said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Such a, I, it ended and I was like, I want to have a talking like that contest. <laughs> oh, man. Just an unbelievable, just a, and just like, and I, I did just read the Desmond article about it, so I'm kind of, you know, cribbing off of that a little bit. But just the way it is just, it's just such a, like, thematically important scene for the show, but it just, because it's Tom Hardy and he just makes it alive and work and be brilliant and not feel, like, preachy No, because or, it could or, feel so moralistic and hack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, the writing is also really good. Yeah. So Steve Knight. Yeah. I think I assume that Steve Knight produces this entirely on his own. Yeah. And he doesn't. Yeah. But I don't know. No, he writes the whole thing. (laughs) He directs it. All we know is that he picks the music. (laughs) I don't know that. I don't know that either, but we're convinced. Uh, Okay. The phone. Oh, no. Okay. Sorry. And it's your turn to do the thing. (laughs) So someone walks into a room and it's Ruben. Uh, and he's walking in, and it's sort of an ominous-looking shot. Yeah, and I'm shot. like, Polly, please don't kill this dude. You don't have all the facts. Yeah, so he sees the sliced-up painting, and he's like, so this isn't great. <laughs> <laughs> and then Polly pulls a gun on him. She asks why he didn't come, and he was like, well, maybe I was worried that you're a crazy bitch. Like, Jesus. <laughs> um, no, but he says that... He had been about to get on the train, but he just wasn't sure he was ready to enter her world. Uh, but he came up today and he's been searching for her and that whatever she's been told, it's not true. She just says that the painting was wrong because she in the painting was too sure of herself. Oh my God, this is some real fucking talk, y'all. And she'll, she, Polly, isn't sure of herself anymore. Ruben says he can paint another if she puts the gun away. <laughs> um... That would be a f- 
fun like uh, experiment in art school. Like, how different do you paint when I'm holding a gun? Like, it's performance art meets boring art. <laughs> Which isn't to say that I think performance art is good. It's right. just rarely as boring as regular art. So Polly just uh, cries... And she says that she wants a doll life and she wants him and she wants him to paint her in a dress she bought in a shop. Oh, guys, they're going to be together. It's so great. It's oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Whew. I wanted a good ending for Polly. Mm-hmm. That, that part turned yeah. out okay. The phone rings down at the old police station and uh, then we see Moss going to pick up Gilbert Palmer. And this happens very quickly, but basically they're torch. They put him in a noose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they're like, we don't have a lot of time. Yeah. We're going to skip all the other parts. <laughs> right. And go straight to this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. This would be a lot more fun if uh, the police weren't constantly executing people in this country. But here we are. Yeah. Out at Johnny Dogs' gypsy encampment, uh, Killian shows up and tells Johnny the shit that happened uh, and takes off his clothes and climbs down into the tunnel to dig it himself because they have to finish it before midnight. And this is what I like about Killian's management style. (laughs) Yeah. I learned at a very young age, never ask anybody else to do something you won't do yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, he could be like, hey, you know, put some back into it. Yeah. But he knows he can fucking dig a tunnel. He's the best tunnel digger. He's very good at it. He saved Danny Wisbang. He did. He is a magical tunnel giver. Tunnel giver? Tunnel digger? He does it all. (laughs) Whatever it is to do with tunnels, he's great at it. He's got it. He's got tunnels on lock. (laughs) Michael tells Arthur and John that he killed a man. Uh, and it's a little bit bragging it's about it. It's kind of cute, but it's also <laughs> yeah. really fucked up. Yeah. Uh, we're like, okay, you know. And they're, you know, they're all like, oh, you know, you should talk about Smith and Wesson. And he's like, no, this gun is like part of my hand now. And I'm like, like, video drum? Get out of there. <laughs> uh, so they tell him that he is going with two guys that they have picked out to get Charlie back. They have gotten the information from Gilbert Palmer. Uh, he says that he wants to shoot the priest himself. They say, he's like, uh, it's better if you let these guys do it, yeah. Michael. I'm with, uh, this is why we have professionals. Right. Like, this is not an amateur hour situation. No, this is if not. this was just a leisurely gangland execution. <laughs> right. Dude, take your time. There'll be plenty more chances to shoot somebody. For God's sake. Yeah. A door opens, and of fucking course, that priest has Charlie, uh, this is all, there's a lot yeah. of, this is much more kinetic editing than they normally do, but yeah, they yeah. have to get a lot done in a very short period right, of time. Right. So the tunnel's being dug, the auto workers are going on strike. Uh, Arthur's, the guy just says, let's go everybody, wildcat strike. And they're all like, woo. We were just talking last night about how California needs to figure something out to have snow days. Mm-hmm. Cause like earthquakes are too terrible. Like yeah. nobody can enjoy that. We should all just do a general strike every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, man, it'd be great. Our employers would have to treat us with more respect. Yeah, well. (sighs) That sounds like a lot of work, though. If anybody (laughs) wants to do that, like, we're on board, but I have a job, you know? (laughs) Right. Boy, that's the real problem, isn't it, comrade? We'll do the part where we go, yay, Yeah, we want to do that part. We (laughs) already have this podcast. (laughs) Pretty busy. (laughs) Um, Okay. Um, You can edit out the part where I made a weird noise. (laughs) I can, but will I? (laughs) How did they get my spaghetti video? Um, Okay. 
Arthur is walking down the corridor at the auto plant and he's laying out the new plan. I'm like, oh my God, Arthur's a general now. Yeah. Arthur's doing the part that Killian used to not trust him to do. Mm-hmm, and I'm mm-hmm. very impressed by that. Yeah. Kind torn, uh, torn for reasons we'll get to. Yeah. But you know, I was like, ah, oh, you've become a productive member of society, Arthur. Yeah. We were all really on the fence. <laughs> um, Michael's car pulls up to wherever the hell the priest is, and he tells the two dudes to wait because he wants to do the killing, and that's an order. Uh, Michael. Anyway, yeah. look, we already know what's going to happen. You said pedophile priest. Yeah. The first rule of cinema is if you introduce a pedophile priest, he must be taken down. Yeah. Because we like to see in fiction what apparently society <laughs> cannot get their shit together to do in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at the tracks, we see a shot of John and Arthur wiring up all the explosives, uh, and which caused Kelly to comment, hey, they got new hats. They might have had them the whole time. Very nice. Very yeah. chrome. Very shiny. Yeah. Uh, we see Tommy, who is tunneling, and uh, who is it that's behind him? I, it's nobody that we've met before. Okay. Because it's not uh, right. Isaiah and it's not Jeremiah. Yeah. But he has another black... They have many black friends, guys. They do. Like, I mean, well, you know, they'll become more prominent if there's four and five. Yeah. Like, that's exciting. Yeah. I think they're going to do it. I think uh, you, you could very well be right. Uh, so we see Michael going into the room, uh, adjoining the room where Charlie is being kept. And we see Arthur fixing a detonator and taking a drink. Uh, the, you know, National Organization of Explosive Safety Experts <laughs> are very upset. Hey, not even word safety goggles, <laughs> Fucking amateurs. <laughs> Michael pulls the gun on the priest, and the priest is like, you're not really going to shoot me. And then Michael basically shoves it in his eye. Yeah. And I'm like, pull the trigger. Yeah. Like, this- you can't hesitate. No, you can't. Uh, you know what he did to Killian. Right. Like, he didn't do all of it himself, but this guy can get his licks in. Yeah. And a gun's only good if you're holding on to it. Right. So the priest very uh, much gets real and is like, please don't shoot me. Mm-hmm. He's very serious about not getting shot. Uh, and Michael hesitates, so the priest knocks the gun out of his hand and he starts choking Michael. And again, we have a lot more kinetic jumping yeah. around which is again that's the other thing about holding a gun on somebody is stay out of fucking arm's reach that's a really good point yeah all you have to do is shoot him in the leg and then uh, anyway i know that and i have no interest in a gun yeah okay so it's pretty great actually because like right when the priest disarms him the uh tunnel breaks through into the vault mm-hmm. and the train is approaching yeah where the dynamite is laid on the tracks Michael pulls then a knife on the priest. And that struggle went on for a little bit longer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the train passes and uh, Arthur is setting up the detonator. Super drunk by this point. And they they specified earlier that at 10 o'clock, if they had not heard that Charlie was safe, then they would have do it. Uh, Arthur asks John, who wants to be in heaven when you can send men to fucking hell? Which is dark even for Arthur. Yeah. John is like, whoa, dude. No, it's a very like, I am become death's destroyer of worlds moment. And yeah. it's like, it's only, oh man. Yeah. I hope he gets therapy. Um, <laughs> Michael. Being invented even as they speak. Michael managed to kill that guy. Yeah. Or it, like he's, he's about to. Yeah. He's got and a so knife those to other the guys have run in because I'm sure that Arthur and Killian gave them a contingency plan that were like, listen, <laughs> this little bastard <laughs> is going to go in there like a big man. You give him like 30 seconds and yeah. then just fucking clean up his mess. Yeah. 
Um, but Michael tells him to go call Finn and tell him that Charlie is safe and he's going to finish off the priest. And he yeah. seems to have a good handle on things yeah. now. So, um, so Finn is running toward John and Arthur and it's like a split second. He's yelling, but the fucking explosion. And I, I screamed you, yeah. the scream of someone who saw a ghost. Yeah. Like, no, because the whole, it's such, I mean, and that's all this editing is all the tension of that. There's this very specific deadline and you know, all this sort of thing. And, and I was so, and that's what separates this show from entourage. Mm-hmm. That's what separates this show from being a lad mag, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, beer ad. Yeah. There are fucking actual consequences yeah. for everyone's mm-hmm, actions. Mm-hmm. And they've been living this cycle of violence for so long, yeah. but like you can see it chipping away at them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, uh, the train every, blows up, the train yeah. blows up and those guys are dead. Yeah. Six guys, the driver, the stoker, and four men that Arthur picked out himself. Yeah. And anyway. Yeah. Killian climbs out of the tunnel with the jewels. And then we cut to Michael sitting next to the priest's dead body while Charlie plays with a stick. <laughs> and I'm like, then Charlie laughed. He's such a little trooper. Uh, it was an extremely uh, upsetting series. I was so... Yeah. I couldn't believe... Degrassi style <laughs> they really went there they really went there and we see Finn and Arthur and John singeing the documents to scatter them and mm-hmm. you know do their job as yeah. they were instructed yeah and then uh, Killian comes to the office no somebody comes to the office with Charlie and Michael is there and he looks jacked up yeah like he it is chilling well and you commented the first time after he had killed Solomon's bodyguard. Uh-huh. He looked that, different. That he looked different. This is a great actor. We should probably all watch Animal Kingdom. I guess so. Because this kid can act. Yeah. Like, it's incredible. Yeah. No, because like... He looks like a man possessed. Yeah. Because, yeah. Like, he looks like a scarier version of Killian, honestly. Yeah. Because, you know what? He didn't have that formative experience of war. Yeah. And the randomness of it. So mm-hmm. he has this power now. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this is a man who sexually abused him for God knows how many years. Yeah. And it's like, is he wrong? Yeah. To have done what he did? Not only did that man sexually abuse him for years, he's manipulating the fate of not just that nation, but many other nations. Yeah. So it's like, He's super evil. He's like, super, that's a like, super evil you guy. You can't ask for like a more justifiable death. Yeah. But the effect that it's having on Michael, because Paul comes to hug him, and you know, a mother can always tell when there's something off about a hug. Yeah. Like he doesn't have a soul. <laughs> oh, don't be silly, honey. You're not a monster. <laughs> Except Paul knows that look. Yeah. She knows that this son that was restored to her and she tried to keep from becoming this thing Mm -hmm. that she became and all of her nephews became. Mm -hmm. Only Ada has not done anything, but she's been killing people with her mind the whole time, you know? (laughs) And he, uh, he just walks away. Yeah. And it's nutty. Yeah. Real nutty. So Killian makes a phone call and asks to speak to Charlie. This is so much to deal with. And I don't even believe that he loves him. Yeah, I know. You know. I'm getting all teared up. Yeah. So is Killian. He's a very good actor. Yeah. I uh, cut to Michael at the abortionist who is laying out her tools. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and Cocaine Girl asks where he's been, and he's like, well, I've been dealing with some trouble, and I can't stay. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, family business, can't stay. And walks out, drops money on the abortionist's desk. And the lady laying out the utensils, the utensils, yeah. the implements, sure. her tools. <laughs> she needs her tools. Yeah. It's like just another day at the office for this bitch. Yeah, she's like, she's this like, is- this has already happened six times today. <laughs> this is really standard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get surprised when the father doesn't walk in between killing somebody and killing some other people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Tough but fair. Yeah. Yeah, and then Michael walks away, and it's basically the end of The Godfather. Yeah. But Diane Keaton isn't there. Well, that's true. It's just Cocaine Girl. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but she's on the other side of the door. Mm -hmm. It's an inverse. Oh, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. I've taken some classes, you know, some stuff. Uh, Killian drives up to his house and runs to where Charlie is. He then drives out to a field carrying the sacks of jewels, and he walks up to Tatiana. He's still driving her Bentley, by the way. Yeah. I love the car swap. Yeah. More than almost any minor detail in this show. Yeah. Is her Bentley powder blue? I don't know. I think it might be. It might be. I want that powder blue Bentley. <laughs> So he walks up to Tatiana, who is there on behalf of the Parisian buyers of the jewels. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Mr. Silk, something he, Silk. Yeah, Mr. Silk is there sitting is, on a little chair. It's and like a desk. little on the nose. It's like a French jewelry appraiser. He's yeah. named Mr. Silk. Yeah, it he is. He totally a bit. picked out that name himself. <laughs> she tells Killian that it was a pleasure doing business with him. And I'm sorry, we lost our shit here as well because yeah. we realized that they'd been double crossing everybody potentially the whole time yeah this is such a great use of dramatic irony yeah. in a television mm-hmm, show mm-hmm. it's hard to do right especially in a show with so many multiple perspectives yeah but uh so she says it was a pleasure doing business with him and she comments that he would never steal from his family and he doesn't say but you know he yeah. wouldn't yeah she says that the jewels belong to her mother anyway, and that her, you know, aunt and uncle were just going to keep pissing them away on a lost cause. And yeah. I'm like, yes! Mm-hmm. Common sense. <laughs> um, she tells him that she's going to go to a Vienna, which is a bad idea. Yeah. Well, I guess she's still got probably a good 10 years. Well, she says she's got a man there, so. Yeah. Well, hopefully, she, you know, if her papers are in order, she could get out in time. Yeah. Um, um, otherwise, yeah. she better join the Von Trapp family singers. <laughs> Yeah, and she, uh, she, I forget. Ex- oh, she said. Oh, never mind. Never mind. She says something later. Um. Anyway, she asks Killian what he's gonna do, and he says, "Oh, I'm gonna stay in Birmingham and buy a racehorse <laughs> because it worked out so well last time." But it's gonna be called Tatiana's Secret. <laughs> <laughs> he's a great businessman, but he sucks at naming horses. <laughs> uh, okay, I got so excited because guess what? If he buys another horse, guess who's coming back next season? Charlotte Riley, Charlotte <laughs> Riley, she's coming back. Because she and Tom Hardy like having a day job. <laughs> oh! Oh, I'm so happy. I know, baby. Oh! I know. <sighs> if that bitch doesn't come back, <laughs> I don't think I will ever recover. <laughs> anyway. Ah, because, you know, Grace is gone. Yeah, gone for good. a perfectly serviceable marriage. Yeah. Ah! Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, he's walking away 
with the with the money the suitcase full of money. which they've you know they've yeah. checked everything the jeweler did his appraising yeah. he's like okay you'll be able to get this bill of sale so you'll be able to cross yeah. borders with this uh so he's walking away and she yells that she paid him five thousand for the sex <laughs> he turns around walks back opens the suitcase Gives her five thousand, <laughs> turns around again, and she says, "And another five thousand for helping you through the grief of losing your wife." <laughs> so he turns around, takes another five thousand <laughs> out, and throws it back at her. Which, come on, dude, that's yeah, ten thousand yeah. dollars. I agree. It's walking around money. <laughs> uh, he tells her that she didn't even come close. Which I don't. Cr- I think she helped a little. I think she maybe helped not five thousand dollars worth, but she definitely. <laughs> You know, I think she overestimates her cuteness. Yeah. She was like the original Manic Pixie dream girl that night. (laughs) That was insane. Yeah. So Silk says all the papers are in order. Killian's walking away. Uh, There's a gunshot because Tatiana has killed Mr. Silk. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, oh, I've got a pen. Boom. Killian pulls out his gun, mm-hmm. uh, but this bee did not come to kill him. She's just she, smirking adorably and like, Because she fun. has just, he was smoking a cigarette. She has just gone up to him, taken the cigarette out of his hand, kissed him, and stepped back, continued smoking the cigarette herself. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. That's such a dope move. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to watch this episode again. I, yeah. I, I think, think I'm going to do it tonight. I think we should. I loved it so much. Yeah. No, I'm going to watch I'll, it by myself. Psh, well, I'll watch it by myself then. Good. I hope you like it. I will like it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, everyone hates it when we fight. <laughs> uh, yeah, and she's like, oh, look me up if you're ever in Vienna. Boom. Yeah. Mic drop. Tatiana out. Yeah. That bitch won this game. Nobody even knew she was playing. Yeah. No, she. You know what? You know what? She was a great spy. She was a great spy. Not a great match for killing and romantic partner wise. Yeah. But, but a great spy. Yeah. When you were saying, like, just her whole arc has been, like, justified mm-hmm. by the end of that, by that scene. Yeah. 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 So. Oh, my God. I stopped. Re- okay. Yeah, yeah. Tom's going to set the scene, and I stopped typing. Yeah. Kelly stopped typing. So. Killian's staring at all his ill-gotten money spread out on a desk as Charlie, Curly, the whole gang comes in. You know, blinders, Lee's, you know, just a good 20 people the in the whole, room. The whole, uh, you know, it's a, big, uh, it's a big off-site. Yeah. So they all come in and sit in chairs that have been arranged. And he's like, okay, so we're here for our quarterly review. Um, he's like, oh, Esme had her baby, by the way. Yeah, Coke baby. That's right. Uh, the and baby that's made of coke. <laughs> it's like those dolls in the movie Traffic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shot in Cincinnati, Ohio, partially. <laughs> that's right. So Killian says that he has made a mistake and he wants to apologize. And he kind of goes around the room. He's like, you know, Arthur, you warned me about uh, getting involved in the Russian business. And I, Linda, I brought you into this. And I, or I, I sorry, I brought... Um, I accused you yeah. of betraying us, and I apologize. I've given you an extra 3000 in the hopes that you'll forgive me. And Linda walks up, takes the 3000 says, apology accepted. Which is great. Look, Linda's yeah. a down bitch. Mm-hmm. Team Linda. Um, so he, he keeps going around the room. Um, it's like the fucking Walton's in there. Well, yeah. he gives Lizzie $5,000, which she will not take. Which mm-hmm. I respect that more from her than from Killian Agreed. because I mean she's worked so hard specifically to, to not, not be yeah. that guy. Yeah. You know? 
Um, he's like trying to give money to Polly, and like she. Well, he gives he gives it to Michael for like the killing that he did or something yeah. like that, and that upsets Polly obviously. Yeah. Um, John and Esme can have a new house. Mm-hmm. He apologizes for forcing them to kill innocent men. Yeah, because Esme says Esme brings that up, yeah. and he's like, "Well, I hope this house can be a house of contemplation and possibly redemption." Yeah. Um, well, because I don't think they're going to play this kind of game again. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's in the future, but like, they can't do this again. Mm-hmm. Like, they won't. They won't mentally survive it as a family. Yeah. I don't think Ada got shit because she didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. And so then he starts talking about um, that what he has learned over the last few days, and about how all those that they are worse than us those people and this is the point at which i wept yeah like i just lost it i just was crying so hard as he's making this speech yeah oh and i i forget where in it too but he says to lizzie that money was because you were the only thing that kept my heart from breaking for some at times um and he says that those lords and ladies they will never let us into their palaces they will never accept us because of who we are because of where we came from um which is someone who didn't go to a very good college i find very resonant mm-hmm. and he says ada had it right she was smarter than all of us she, she, about this revolution you've got to take what you want in your own way uh yeah and that's like he just has that whole speech um and about how you know they can never they can never be legit and accepted <sighs> it just yeah so he gets stunning yeah it's a stunning piece of writing it's a stunning performance Mm -hmm. everybody else's reactions are so on point Mm -hmm. so then polly stands up and she says that she understands that this has all just happened but at a later time she would like to present before the family a different more alternative yeah uh, vision of the future of the shelby company limited Mm -hmm. uh and ada says that she would very much like to hear that as does esme esme and And Lizzie. lizzie This might be the most feminist show on TV. Like, in terms of, like, showing how you make things happen. Mm-hmm. Just showing women advocating for themselves. Yeah. And not being afraid to do it. Yeah. And it's been an evolution. Like, that's what I think is so remarkable about it. Is, yeah. like, on Mr. Selfridge, it was like, oh, suddenly Violet's a suffragette or whatever. Right, like, right. Like, whatevs. Yeah. yeah. But it's just so, oh, it's great. Yeah. So then Linda's like, well, uh, Arthur, the boat... the boat train's leaving in an hour we should get going and then you'll go to new york and this will all be behind you um and arthur's you know saying goodbye to tom tommy and he's like it's very emotional it's very emotional because like, he's like i'll see you brother and i'm like you won't yeah it's so far away where you're going yeah and killian just sits in his chair not even really looking at him and so he's saying goodbye to curly and everybody and it's like wow wow what a way to wrap up the season right? huh? sending john off well there we go. No, man. Just everybody. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Solid ending. I'm thinking to myself. Mm-hmm. And then Tommy says, you won't get far, Arthur. Uh, Moss- and there's a record scratch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> says that Moss called him and said that some superior of his has sworn out a warrant for his arrest. For, for Arthur's arrest. For Arthur's arrest. And John's. Sedition, explosions, mm-hmm. etc. And he's uh, put out a warrant for Michael for the murder of the priest and Polly for the murder of Sam Neill. Oh my God. I missed that yeah. wrinkle. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's here after all. Yeah. 
And there is much commotion in the background as he says all these things. And he says... And he, again, cool as a motherfucking cucumber. Yeah. He says these people control the police. They control the jails. They control the judges. But they don't control the elected government. And I've made a deal with people more powerful than our enemies. You're going to get out of this when the police come. Go along quietly. And the police come. And they come and arrest everybody. Boy, you know, if Tommy Shelby had been in charge of making the trains run on time in Italy, maybe World <laughs> War II never would have happened. Um, it's a brilliant piece of theater. Yeah. Just, oh my God. We are just stunned. I just did not. And I had even been thinking, I was like, yeah, they killed that priest, but aren't there still a bunch of powerful people angry at them? But yeah. I just sort of was like, eh, whatever. You know, like they got their explosions, so maybe they don't care anymore. Yeah. Uh, but no, they, uh, they're still making their move. And uh, all of the blinders, except for Tommy, are now under arrest. And he watches the police wagons drive off. To the dulcet tones of Life in a Glass House by Radiohead off of Amnesiac. <gasps> Kelly lost her damn mind. I was watching this in a bathrobe. Right. Because I'm very fancy. Mm. And I stood up <laughs> and I ripped off of my bathrobe. And I ran around the house like... My favorite sports team had just won a championship. It was glorious. Yeah. Oh, it was so, oh, so great. Yeah. So amazing. Yeah. And that's the end of the season. That's the end of the season, yo. Oh, and then I'm like, you know, the the song, end, they played most of that song yeah. as this is all going down. And, uh... You know, the, the sound fades out and Killian's just kind of, you know, acting. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, mm, play it, play it, play it. Oh! <laughs> Nick Cave! Red right hand! Yeah. Ah! Oh, they nailed it! Yeah. Oh, that was when I started running around. That's maybe true. Yeah, before that I was just running around saying, what? <laughs> Which is what I do when I like a TV show. Yeah. Um, so, goddamn, everybody. Woo! Yeah. What a, what a, wow. Yeah. That's and that's you know I, that was I th- I I think that was their best season. I don't I know. Think I just it was watched too. it, but well, limited grace. Yeah. Um. And just, uh, just it all it all hung together so well. Yeah, and it was just it felt it felt more there was streamlined. No rape in it. There was yeah, that was nice. That was nice. Um, it just felt like everything was like everything was like aligned and pointing the same way. It had a re- well. There was a little rape. Um, that prince wanted that boy to suck his cock. Yeah, that's true. At any rate. Yeah. Who knows what was happening at that sex orgy. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, but it just, the 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 plotting was great. Mm-hmm. The hold back on deploying Tom Hardy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Was so amazing. Yeah. That, it, you know, the whole. The whole thing with Tatiana yeah. wound up having, that's one of my favorite arcs ever. And yeah. there were points where I was like, what is going on with this? Mm-hmm. And I thought it went great. Yeah. Um, oh, she said a great thing we didn't mention, uh-huh. which she said uh, after she shot that guy. She said, oh, these jewels saw that- much worse back home. That's why they'll always be cursed. Yeah. Like both of us. Yeah. And I'm like, damn. Yeah. No, what? I meant to mention that earlier. And then uh, I realized that she hadn't shot the guy yet, so I couldn't it's say like it. It's like she, like, in one sentence, performed all of Hamilton <laughs> by herself. <laughs> yeah. I am not throwing away my jewels. I am not throwing away my jewels. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. Fucking crazy. Anyway. Yeah. 
Oh, fix that in post. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, there's nothing left to say about yeah, it. I guess it was a brilliant piece of television. Yeah. You should watch it. You should tell your friends. Yeah, do tell your friends. Like this is the first. This is the first season that I would unreservedly recommend this show. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I would recommend watching it from the beginning. Yeah. But I think you can kind of drop in. I think probably. You could probably drop in. In the same yeah. way that we dropped in halfway through Mad Men and didn't yeah. miss a beat. Yeah. Like there was some stuff, you know, like you wouldn't know who Tom Hardy is or, yeah. you know, like what. But is- like, you know, crime family runs afoul of people. Like yeah, that's like, the whole plot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, so I don't know what's next for this podcast exactly. We don't. Yeah, I don't um, know either. We're, uh, we're figuring some things out yeah. with how we want to approach it because we still have these new jobs that we mentioned. Right. Um, and just figuring that out. Yeah. So stay tuned. Um, you know, you can find us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably won't be tweeting from the Up Yours Downstairs handle that much. I haven't been. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't think anybody really cares. You know. Um, if you do care, I guess let us know. Yeah. Um, but I'm at the Fatling. Mm-hmm. And I'm at Real Cynical Jerk. Um, yeah, you know, we're on Facebook and stuff. You can follow us there. Yeah. Uh, we say funny things on we, the regs. We do. That's true. Um, yeah. So we'll be back. Maybe at some point. Yeah, that's right. By order of the peak. You know what? Actually, here's what I will say. This is what I'm going to say. No yeah. matter what we decide, we have to keep podcasting Peaky Blinders. Oh, I think so too. Like the SEO alone. Yeah. Like I can't just let that go. I think we've got, and there's two more. I think we've got to come back We've got to come back. Okay. Yeah. So our promise to you yeah. is that we will come back to do the next two seasons of Peaky Blinders regardless. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, in the meantime, uh, tell all your friends about this podcast. You love it so much. Like I'm very tired of not being famous. (laughs) I can't tell you how tired guys. Right. So tired. Yeah. Uh, Tom might also like to be famous, but I think he cares less. I do care less. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't turn it down. Take the shine though. (laughs) Anyway. I'll do an interview. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, you could write a modern love for the New York times. (laughs) Like that asshole on orange is the new black. All right. Okay. We'll be back whenever the hell, because their production schedule is always weird. Yeah. So we so have we don't no know, idea. Yeah, it could be. You know why? It's because of Tom Hardy. Oh, yeah. I bet that fucker has scheduling conflicts out the wazoo. That would make sense. Anyway, we'll be back whenever Peaky Blinders is back. By order of the Peaky Blinders. I don't hate it so much now. <laughs>